At City of Hope, its innovative treatments for cancer and groundbreaking research have saved millions of lives all over the world. This is City of Hope Radio with your host, Melanie Cole. Clinical practice guidelines can be potentially valuable tools. However, if mishandled, can become a hefty, skull-crushing medical cookbook while standardization affects many areas of medicine and is continuing to expand with the growth of evidence-based medicine and efforts at measuring, reporting, and improving quality for patients. My guest today is Dr. Vijay Trisal. He's an associate clinical professor in the Division of Surgical Oncology in the Department of Surgery at City of Hope. Welcome to the show, Dr. Trisal. We're talking today about cookbook medicine versus standardization. So will you define these two terms for the listeners first, please? Uh, oh, hi, Melanie. Thank you for having me, first of all. And um, it, it might sound to everybody that this is very dry and this is boring, so I don't want people to get put off. I think this is at the crux of what is ailing and uh, physicians where they struggle with how to do this. So let me try to define it in a, in a simpler manner. Let us say 40 years back when we started um, understanding more and more of disease processes, especially diseases like cancer, which is what we do uh, primarily here at City of Hope, we did not have enough information as to how does the biology of this disease, how does this cell behave, how does this cell behave in a particular patient and what the treatment options would be. So a lot of research was done, both at the cellular level, then as case reports and patients came in and doctors said, oh, look at this, this melanoma, which was this big, had this outcome and we should do this. So slowly we got more and more data and we wanted to see which of these different treatment options were the best treatment options. So more elaborate and um, substantiated research that came about, which are called randomized controlled trials. And they said, okay, if it is a this size tumor, this is what we should do. So standards started forming. And these standards were applied from a huge swath of populations to individuals. On one hand, it took away this guesswork from the physicians that what am I going to do with this tumor? My experience for three tumors is that I should take a two centimeter margin but this data that is based on a 1,000 patients tells me, no, I just need to take a one centimeter margin. So standards became applied, and that is the standardization. So instead of this doctor saying, my experience is that I want to do X, the standards said, no, you should do Y because that is what works. So those are the standards. But it also came with this dictum that now if you have a one centimeter tumor, you're always going to do a one centimeter margin, and that becomes cookbook. So standardization and cookbook are basically two sides of the same coin. And how we apply it and in which scenario we apply it and how we become individualized at the same time, use the benefit of standardization is what we're talking about here today. What a wonderful definition. So Dr. Trussell, since guidelines are written, as you say, and for average patients, but very few patients fit that description, are those strict adherence to practice guidelines can they be a substitute for clinical judgment? I mean, if each patient is individual and you as the expert are the one making the decision on the margin, whether it's two centimeters or one, 
Who do we sort of as patients to be our own best advocate? Who do we want to trust? Do we want to trust those standards that had been set and based on a thousand patients? Or do we want to look to our doctor because we are an individual and our doctor knows us? So if it were based on just the standards or just the doctor, it would be simple. So let, let us put this into perspective. So these are two arrows that are going in different directions. If a patient comes with a breast cancer to an institution A, and if that institution A, based on this patient who has family history of breast cancer, who has a certain centimeter tumor and has a lymph node, if that whole institution treated this individual patient and had the same standard or, or came up with the same treatment, I would say then we got to base it on the individual. But what is happening today is that when this patient comes, it is the luck of the draw. If this patient comes and sees Dr. X versus Dr. Y versus Dr. Z, if the if this same patient is getting three different treatments, there's something wrong with the system. However, if you have 100 patients coming in and all of them, because their tumor is one centimeter, are getting the same treatment, there's something wrong with that system also. Because individual factors, whether those factors are related to patients' personal uh, values or whether they are uh, based on individual circumstances, if we take, don't take that into account, then we're missing the boat. I think that, and this is a rough number, I don't want people to take this number, I'm just throwing this out there, that if we are having 80% standardization or 70% standardization where we take a population and say, all of them had a two-centimeter tumor, and all of 80% of them got this treatment, we would think that we're applying it in the right area. If we're using 100% standardization, something wrong in there. If we have 30% uh, of patients who have the same tumor and are getting different types of treatment, there's something wrong with that. So the balance is somewhere in the middle where personal values, individual circumstances, individual tumors become important. But if doctors do not agree that a certain tumor with a certain receptor would demand this treatment and the treatment becomes different, then there is something wrong with that also. I, I, let, me, let me make myself give, give you an example of, of how we look at this. Let us say that I have colon cancer and I go um, to, to one doctor and I say, what, what would you do? And the doctor says, you should get chemo first. And then I go to another doctor and I say, no, no, that other doctor is crazy. You should get surgery first. This is similar to, I give this example to my patients a lot. I go, I, I, I'm bad at understanding cars. So I go, I take my car to a mechanic and the mechanic says, oh, your fuel pump is broken. You have something in your carburetor and your fuel injection needs to be changed. And uh, here is going to be $5,000 for this repair. And I say, fine, you are the expert. Let us say whatever you do, you do. And then I go and go to the next mechanic and the mechanic tells me, oh, no, nothing is wrong with you. Just put, put a patch here and your way you go, and here is $10 uh, of, of voucher that you need for this. That doesn't lend you to have confidence in that system. Absolutely. See, that's the thing now. And, and I've heard this a lot with prostate cancer, specifically, Dr. Trissal, because really some doctors say surgery, remove the prostate. Some say, no, let's watch and wait. Some, so I know that that, that could be a confusing one because you have so many tools for prostate cancer. However, I want to throw a little wrench in here and ask you, where does in this spectrum the health insurance companies come in 
to this cookbook versus standardization because it would seem that if they're contributing to making a determination on coverage or treatment and they're the ones making money off that decision, does that come into terms for you doctors? So, Melanie, that is a, it, it is a circular argument, and I agree with you that that is how guidelines get somewhere made. So NCCN, have you heard of NCCN as an organization in this country that actually formulates national international guidelines on different tumors, which is the National Comprehensive Cancer Network? City of Hope is actually a founding member of the NCCN. And what this body said is that we're going to get the top 50 cancer centers in this country. We're going to sit down together every uh, whenever, whenever algorithms change or at least twice a year, and we're going to say, what should we do with this tumor? And we'll come up with algorithms. When they come up with the standards, they also are scared that if they don't put it in the standards, that the insurance company is going to deny it. Insurance companies look at these guidelines and say, okay, NCCN guidelines said, no, you don't need a CT. So if a doctor now, because of the patient's specification or because of something individual to the patient, orders a CAT scan, it gets denied. So we're caught in this conundrum where these guidelines are made somewhere in the backdrop of, will the insurance company uh, approve this? So we should say, consider a CAT scan. And on the other hand, the insurance companies look at this and try to find out flaws where if this guideline says, no, you don't need a CAT scan, they'll not authorize it. So unless that gets resolved, the point is that insurance companies don't make decisions on treatments and the doctors don't are not really nearly all over the place uh, till that time this debate is going to continue back and forth what do you want patients to do about about this debate and this question because we are the ones that are looking to you as the experts and we're saying what do you think that you should be doing for me to be my best partner in healthcare what questions should we be asking when we are getting these different, I mean, because we, we're supposed to get second opinions, right? So yeah. what questions should we be asking you doctors that will help us to make the decision based on what you're telling us? Being prepared is, is very critical. So there are two things that I look at when I, I'll give you the mechanical, uh, the mechanic answer again, and I uh, look at this same way, is that number one, I want, I need to be educated about my car. My total lack of knowledge about my car is going to hurt me. <laughs> so I need to know at least some basics. And I am so glad that a lot of the patients that are coming into my clinic today. They have basic knowledge. They sometimes have uh, fake news knowledge, which I need to correct, but they have basic knowledge when they come in. So that's one thing. The second thing that is so critical is this relationship between the patient and the doctor. If I don't feel comfortable, whether that is because this mechanic is telling me, you know, he's giving me all the good, good news, if I don't feel comfortable with this as a person, and there is something to be said about gut feeling, eh? I'm, I'm throwing out all the standardization out of the window by talking about gut feeling. But if you have, don't have the relationship with the doctor and you don't trust the doctor or you feel that this is too mechanical, I don't think it's going to work. I think it is much more important to feel that the, the physician and the patient understand each other, understand each other's values, understand where they want to get. I think those other things will become simpler. That The question that you asked about prostate cancer is very relevant because you go to a medical oncologist, they'll give you a different treatment. You go to a uh, urologist, they'll say, do surgery. Absolutely. You go to a radiation oncologist, they'll say, 
that you radiation is as good, if not better. I, I have this great quote that one of the doctors, his name is Khaled Alakhtiari, he's a radiation oncologist. He said, you go to a barber, you get a haircut. You go to a radiation oncologist, you get radiation, whether you need it or not. And they look at it as, this is my hammer, there is the nail, uh, anything looks like a nail. So you, you look at it that way. I think what we are doing and what most institutions should do is have a multidisciplinary team. In all of oncology, all of cancer, you want to put the patient in the middle and have these four doctors around this patient and say, let us discuss what is the best treatment for this patient. Not use standards, not use this is my way, but let us come up with a common algorithm. So in these areas where there's a debate as to what is the right treatment. There are some areas where that's very clear. I have colon cancer, I'll need treatment. Uh, if it's nodes, I need chemotherapy. If it's not in the nodes, those algorithms are very clean. It is these penumbra areas where there is an overlap that you want to put these doctors around a table with the patient in the middle and then say, how do we apply these standards to this patient? So that is a great wrap-up, but I would like to ask you to please just kind of bring it all around with evidence-based medicine so that it doesn't take out the individuality out of your case management and doesn't stifle innovation and, and this ability of you at City of Hope to try these new and exciting things. Wrap it up for us, Dr. Trisal, and tell patients what you want them to know about what's going on in the healthcare industry today. I think healthcare industry, it is this, uh, the, the, the story of the, it is the best of times and it's the worst of times. It is the worst of times because we are in this uh, uncertainty about what is going to happen to healthcare and insurance and what is going to happen to all this expense that is, ha- that, that is so uh, overwhelming, uh, patients and causing bankruptcies on one hand. And it's the best of times because there is so much advancement in research that we will know on a molecular basis is that this tumor that has this mutation and has this receptor, this is the treatment. There's not going to be any ifs or buts. It's not going to be this doctor says, oh, my tumor will respond to this treatment. You will have actually material evidence based on the pathology of the tumor. And that's what we're doing here. Our uh, partnership and relationship with TGen, which is a uh, molecular-based treatment uh, company, that, that just joined City of Hope, is focusing on how do we have confidence in this decision? Not just say this standard came from a 1,000 patients in a certain community, whether they match or not match my patient, but really look at the tumor. Because at the basis of it, the tumors, markers of the tumor and the receptors of the tumor and the molecular biology of the tumor, is there is no debate around that. And then we apply on top of that the personal values, the individual circumstances. If there's a patient who has no support at home, I'm going to treat that patient differently. And that no standard is going to pull that into, that, into, the, uh, into their algorithm. So I want patients to understand that the advancements in the basic science world is going to make their decision-making easier and the doctor's decision-making easier. And there's not going to be this amount of hedging as to what, how I'm going to treat this patient. So they should, they should feel confident about that. Thank you so much, Dr. Trisal. It's absolutely fascinating topic. You're listening to City of Hope Radio. And for more information, you can go to cityofhope.org. That's cityofhope.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.